Hello, this is Bill Koenig at Spy Command, and here with a uh, post. Almost 60 years after it debuted, 1964's Goldfinger remains one of the landmarks of the James Bond film franchise. But why was that? The series, made by Eon Productions and released by United Artists, had two solid financial successes with Dr. No and From Rush With Love. But Goldfinger took everything up a notch or two or three. What was the secret sauce? Maybe it was the choice of the source material by Ian Fleming. Ian had multiple options for, for proceeding after From Russia With Love. The Fleming novels Live and Let Die and Diamonds Are Forever were available. Ian had the rights to other Fleming short stories. But at the end of 1963, the cinematic bond was ready to break out. The film franchise was ready to take on a larger-than-life story. There were elements of that in the first two films. Eon passed on the giant squid of Fleming's Dr. No novel. Regardless, Fleming's Goldfinger novel had even more. A robbery of Fort Knox? One of Fleming's best villains, a henchman who hadn't been seen before? Filmmakers expanded upon Fleming's vision. The author's buzzsaw was replaced by a laser beam. Fleming's Aston Martin DB3 was replaced by an even more elaborate DB5. In 2014, my blog raised the question of whether Goldfinger was the first A-list comic book film. Sometimes it's just timing. Almost 60 years later, there's no way to be sure. My guess, selecting Goldfinger to be the third film was a choice that attracted U.S. audiences. The selection may have been a simple business choice. The story would have, would have had more U.S. scenes, a way to capture more, you know, capture more American audiences. Regardless, it was one of the best choices Eon and United Artists ever made. That's it. This is Bill Koenig at Spy Command. Take care.